You're listening to If We Were Writing, a feisty triathlon-ish podcast. I'm Kelly O'Mara, and together with Sarah True, we head up a weekly group ride where we dish on all triathlon news and everything else-ish we want to talk about. We're joined regularly by Khadija Diggs and Jocelyn Wong-Neal, and Laura Sidal does her Sid Talk segment updating you on everything you need to know from the weekend. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Writing is a production of Live Feisty Media. Join us on our group ride. All right, we had a big weekend of racing. I want to know, and cross-country travel with a baby. I want to know who's the most tired right now. Jocelyn traveling with a baby, Khadija or me racing, or uh, Carrie, who is our special guest today, replacing Sarah, who is in Germany. (laughs) Jocelyn. (laughs) Jocelyn's got to be the most exhausted. So mine was seven hours door-to-door, Philadelphia to San Francisco, the flight itself, I think, was closer to six, but since families with kids board first, we were there for a while. And oh man, I did not use the Zyrtec to knock her out. More so because it was in an inconvenient place in my bag. <laughs> she only fell asleep the final hour, of course. And so, yeah. My child's just super active and that's good, right? It is. It yeah. is. Except when you're trying to confine her to a tiny space, <laughs> but we made it and going home uh, next weekend, we have a layover, which I'm hoping will be better. So she can actually run around and hopefully sleep there on the go. second leg. We'll see. So Jocelyn's the most tired. Khadija, uh, Khadija just did a 70.3. She's not tired. So <laughs> I was a little sore yesterday and monday but today i feel really good so oh, good yeah and i i was excited about it wasn't definitely wasn't one of my fastest but i felt really good felt really good most importantly did anyone knock on the van a couple people did only once was i there though i was so busy just kind of roaming around and did people say khadija were people like oh my gosh i've heard you now on if we were riding and and I love it. You know, a, cu- a couple of people did. Oh, they really? said, they said, you're on the drama. If you were writing show now, I was like, yeah, I've only done two. I guess only one, I guess only one had cut. They'd only heard one, but I said, yeah, I've done, I've done two shows. It's, it's a lot of fun. You're like a celebrity now, a triathlon yeah. celebrity. Money is mm. going to be rolling in soon. <laughs> 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 I think the biggest thing though, was there's a a gentleman Muslim man. He came up to me. He said, my daughter follows you. She's 12. Can I get a picture? I almost cried. So that was that to me, that was the, I think the most special moment of the weekend. Yeah. That's awesome. So we have, uh, if you didn't notice, we do not have Sarah true with us this weekend or this week. Uh, Carrie Barrett is, is subbing in Sarah's in Germany and it's 2 AM and she's going to tell us all about it when she gets back. However, she did send a voicemail. So after this ad break coming up on the show, a voicemail from Sarah, we'll recap our races. Uh, Sid will recap the races from the pros. And then we will talk about, you know, which is better, pro racing or age group racing. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media. 
that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's Iron Women, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, IRONWOMEN1515 at orca.com. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2.30 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. Hello, hello, it's Sarah True. I apologize, I can't be there this week for if we were riding and get the recap. I really wanted to hear from Katija about her race, hear from Kelly about her race, uh, see how it went for both of them. I did not see the van. I saw vans, uh, but none really spoke to me that I needed to knock on them and see if uh, Khadija was in there. So I didn't get to see her while I was in Chattanooga. I did get to see one of the feisty team, Ella, who is, uh, she's racing professional and we got to do the same race together. And it just, it felt like this lovely little feisty moment which I very much appreciated. I also heard from some listeners to this podcast. I met some listeners to the podcast. I hope their races really went well. It was, it's a great, it's a great race venue. Uh, I've been there three times to Chattanooga. 
every time it feels like the city's kind of stepping it up, it gets a little hipper. Uh, you know, the course pretty much stays the same. It's nice rolling hills, wasn't too hot. Downhill, downhill swim. There's no such thing. Basically downhill swim, down current swim. So you're, you're ripping along pretty well. Let's see. Not much to report other than I've been doing a whole lot of traveling the past few days. After my race, I piked, packed up my bike, went to the airport, eating lunch as I was driving and waited, uh, you know, a whole bunch because that's what travel is. Overnight flight after a race, not the best, but it was okay. There was this guy next to me on the plane. I was middle seat, of course. Um, and he talked the entire time to his neighbor and it was really annoying. And I had my earplugs in and I had my headphones on and I could still hear him. And I just wanted to be like, come on, man. I was up at three fifty this morning. I did a half iron man. I'm not really feeling your chit chat. But even though I gave him the evil side eye, it did not work. And he kept on talking. I was not impressed. Um, so needless to say, I am pretty tired. Right now I'm in my third country in four days. It was basically three countries in three days. So left the U.S. on Sunday after the race. Got here or got to Germany. Went to the Canyon headquarters. I am in Europe for the Zwift Tri Academy team. And it's pretty much been nonstop. So I got to spend time with the athletes at the Canyon headquarters. They got bikes. They got to see, uh, you know, how things are made. And that was, that's always really cool. We got to talk to some of the other uh, team sponsor reps about products. Then last night, so Tuesday night, we got on a plane after bowling. I am a very mediocre bowler, uh, but we had a great time. So yeah, we were trying to kill time before our flight, our 9.50 p.m. flight. So we went bowling in Germany, and it was like disco bowling. Um, quite enjoyable, even though I'm terrible. And then, uh, yeah, I'm in Austria now. So, yeah, Sunday I was in the U.S., Monday I was in Germany, Tuesday in Austria. So we're in Austria for bike fits and for some content shoots for the athletes. Uh, the theme is a lot of waiting around. So basically that has been my life here. And also getting to know these athletes. It's, it's pretty cool. This year we have four women and I love it. I love that it's an all women's team. They're really awesome. Um, and I can go into detail if people are interested about each one of them, but nobody wants, everybody wants to hear about me. No, I'm totally kidding. Not everybody wants to hear about me. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much my update. I could give you the play by play of the race. I don't know. I always feel very conflicted about race updates. Do people actually want to hear about them? Is it tedious? Sometimes I like to read other people's race updates. Other times I'm like, you know what? That's kind of boring. So the quick rundown is, man, oh man, first race of the year, felt super flat, did not enjoy, I'll be honest, 
did not enjoy the bike at all. I didn't feel like I had any power, but what was nice is I got off the bike with Jackie Herring and we ran pretty much the first lap. It's a two lap run together. And she was super encouraging and positive. And she was like, Sarah, just keep on going. This is like a Sunday mom's day out run. Cause we're, you know, we're both moms. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to run with you as long as I can, Jackie. And then towards the end of the first lap, I started feeling better. I'm like, okay, okay, we can, this is, this is finally my race is turning around. Uh, I ran my way up to fourth, you know, would I have loved to have a much better bike? Yes. Uh, but I don't know. Altogether it was, it was fine. It was fine. It wasn't a great race. It wasn't a terrible race. It was just a race. And that's my race recap. There's really nothing exciting to tell from the story. I have no animal stories. I saw some cute dogs in Chattanooga, um, but that's about it. I haven't really seen many dogs in Germany or Austria. No other animals of note. And that's it. I hope everybody's having a great week. Can't wait to hear how the rest of my If We Were Riding team are doing. And I will check back with you once I get back to the U.S. next week. Bye. Okay, so that was how Sarah's Chattanooga went, Khadija. It was fine. I want to hear how yours went and all about Chattanooga. Well, the weather was really good. Um, I was hoping that it was going to be non-wetsuit, but it was wetsuit legal. Um, It was just a really great day. It was windy. The back half was super windy, which isn't good for a small person. I rather climb than try to fight through wind. Um, and it started to heat up a little bit on the run, but overall it was just great. And it was a packed race. I think they said there was, uh, over 3000 people racing, which I love just a lot of energy, a lot of people, people cheering everywhere, which, and I like that race. Cause even though it's a big Ironman race, it still has that kind of hometown feel to it. Um, the way people come out, the way people cheer and the the volunteers. So I always think of Chattanooga as super hot though. Yeah, it got up to my watch said 90, uh, <laughs> oh. so 90 degrees, but um, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like 90, but I like the heat, believe it or not. I, I like the heat. So, and Varlo did a great job on my kit. I felt like, I felt like it felt like skin. I didn't mm. feel hot at all. So. Why didn't you want wetsuit swim? That's, I feel like that's the only time I've ever heard somebody say that as a triathlete. Um, one, I love to open water swim. And um, two, Ironman has this rule where I'm supposed to call in if it's a non-wetsuit swim and state that I'm racing fully covered. And I told them I'm not doing that. You wanted, you wanted an opportunity to. Yeah. To make your point. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm going to race just like everybody else. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I am surprised it wasn't always assumed because again, it is hot. Like you're like, oh, it only got up to 90. I think my race, Morro <laughs> Bay hit a high of 59 degrees. So. <laughs> and that wasn't even the water. Was yeah. it Kelly? That wasn't yeah. even the water. See, I yeah. would struggle. Yeah. That's... Oh yeah. I couldn't figure out why I, um, kept missing water bottles on the bike. I was like, man, I like, I'm really bad at this. And then I realized my hands had frozen and I couldn't close them. And that was why I kept like clawing after clawing. What was the water yeah. temperature? Uh, they were claiming 60. The people who had swam the day before said it was 54 when they swam and that Iron Man was just, you know, rounding up. <laughs> Five <laughs> degrees. Right. <laughs> Wait, is there a cold temperature cutoff? There is. They were also requiring wetsuits. Um, it was like you couldn't. They, they were like, no, they're required, which is um, 
It's just I races around here. Like I did this little race in Berkeley back in the fall and you know, grassroots, low key college kids who don't have money. And they were all like, Hey guys, sorry. The referees say we have to require wetsuits because it's 54 degrees. And they were all like, Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And so, I mean, again, I think people were like every triathlete's like, yay, you know, that they're going to for like the 71 degree cutoff or whatever it is. Yeah. But how did that affect you? Even with a wetsuit, getting in the water that cold and the air temperature, I think was also chilly that morning. Did you ever warm up Kelly? Oh, I mean, I'm like, obvious. I think we talked about this last week with like, bike. I'm used to biking in like, you know, the forties and raining hair. So it's not bad. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever done Alcatraz or, um, what's the one on in New Jersey where you jump off the boat, escape, escape, the, escape the cave. Yeah. Escape you, the cave. Yeah. And like, if you've ever done those, it's the same thing where you get so you warm yourself up so much that then when you hit the cold water, you don't even, it's not a problem. Okay. I mean, I know it can be a problem. I'm aware <laughs> that it is a danger, but, um, if you warm up a lot, it helps for sure. Anyway, Morro Bay is a really cool, I had a terrible race. I don't really want to talk about it now. You didn't get lost in transition though. We were worried about that last week because <laughs> I was tracking and I was like, she made it out of T1. She made it out of, made it out of T2. <laughs> um, but like you said, it was a 3000 person race. I think this is like a much smaller town mm-hmm. and I don't, I think it was 1800 people and I don't think there's room to expand, but it was a really good race. It was really cute. It was like a really great like vibe. And I would really like Iron Man to not, you know, right. Do not be like, oh, we couldn't sell it out at 3000. I feel like 1800 is a solid number. Yeah, that's a good field. That's a nice. Yeah. But it wasn't a pro field. It wasn't a pro race. So did that make the vibe way more chill in your mind, Kelly, versus a Chattanooga where it was just stacked with the female pros? Oh, for sure. And I would love to get Khadija Sands too. And I mean, everyone's because like, obviously, um, or not obviously. So my husband says I say obviously for things that are not obvious at all. But obviously, this was like my first age group race in a really, really long time. And it did just, I mean, maybe that's why it felt way more low-key, way more local, grassrootsy. I've also um never done a rolling start, or I've done one way back. So that that's weird. I don't like it. I think it's it weird. It yeah, weird. I don't like no. rolling starts either. No. Yeah. no one likes it. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot this is a side point. This is right by a college campus, and I Thought about the, I thought everyone, you know how traditionally in rolling starts, people say they're going to swim faster than they do. They like over. Oh yeah. Yeah. You overestimate how fast you are. Right. So kids who were recently college swimmers do not like FYI. So I was standing next to these guys and I'm all like, yeah, I'm good. And then they're like, oh yeah. And they start talking about dropping one minute, one hundreds. And I was like, hmm. oh, I think I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Back to the 35 to 39 minute corral I go (laughs) but it does make it a really it does make it really weird to your point to like not have pros like you see the lead biker with like this girl who's like from the Cal team you know UC Berkeley and that's like great like cool for her she gets to break a tape but it just makes it it makes it like not the same not as big Uh, almost like a do you know, you said in your newsletter in triathlonish that, that apparently Morro Bay has signed at least a three-year deal with Ironman to keep it there. 
do you know if this was a test run and maybe next year it will be a pro race, just depending on how this, do you, do you have any of that inside scoop? Yeah. I mean, they change the pro races every year. There's certainly some races that kind of like pay for the privilege, um, or that it's like part of the contract that it'll always be a pro race. Uh, Trying to think of ones that always are Oceanside. Oceanside though, always is. They yeah. wouldn't because Oceanside is always a pro race, Oceanside's and that always. would be yeah. two early season California. True, seventy point threes, which I feel like they wouldn't. They just mm. unless they take it away from Oceanside, but which they would never do. I don't think they never would. Do. So it's part of Ironman's contract, and Ironman also plays around with like their dates. And like creating a calendar, you know what I mean? Because they are always trying to be like, well, we don't have a race for people to do in July. There's a local race we want to stomp to death. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's that. (laughs) Yeah, what father of four is putting on a grassroots event? Yeah. (laughs) We don't have any of those left here. So not a problem anymore. (laughs) Jocelyn, you're sitting next to Kelly. So did you race Morrow Bay? Like, Oh no no! I'm I'm at home for a wedding. Mm-hmm. My cousin just got married. Got on it. Saturday. Equally an endurance event. Yeah. Oh yeah. But Khadija, I mean, you guys had Chattanooga had this like crazy stacked women's field, and I know like it's hard to watch the race while you're doing the race, but it definitely like I mean, it was on, it was aired streaming, it was like got you know so much more coverage. Does it make it feel more exciting? I feel like it. Did. Um. In a way, because I think in some people's minds, if it's a pro race, they want to go and race it as well. So that makes for more competition. And I'm the kind of person I rather come in last in a race where, you know, everybody's like duking it out and having a good time versus making the podium and, you know, everybody just wants to finish. So in, in that respect, but for me, it doesn't really make that much of a difference because I'm like, they're finishing their run and I'm at mile one. So it's like, I never see them other than the start. And I may see them where in, um, in um, Chattanooga, I may see them coming across the bridge, heading to the finish when I'm going out. But other than that, I don't, it doesn't really impact me like that. You didn't get um, drinks with Sarah? No. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, when I was laying in my van, I was like, should I keep my clothes on? Cause I do not want her to come in here and I'm like <gasps> sitting up in the van in my underwear. <laughs> we don't know each other like that. I don't want to. <laughs> we just did two episodes together. That's it. Down the road guys, down the road. Maybe five episodes, but two. Nah. <laughs> There's something, I mean, Carrie, I know you love doing races with pros. Cause you get to like fangirl a little, see them go get an yes. autograph. Yeah. Um, have I ever gotten a triathlete's autograph? I don't know if I have, but yes, like I, I, I've been racing in the sport at the age group level for 22, 23 years. And it's, and it's a sport I could never have imagined myself even participating in, let alone oddly making it some form of a career, <laughs> uh, both as an athlete and, you know, on the business side of things. And so I like, I just love the accessibility of, of our pros. I love their transparency, many of them. Um, I am a fangirl, like there's no getting around it. Like I am, I am a tri geek. And so I've, you know, I split time between Austin, Texas 
and Bend, Oregon. And there was a time mm-hmm. in the like the late 90s, early 2000s where Austin was yeah. kind of the, the pro capital of the world, was right? Yeah. I thought it was always Boulder forever and ever and ever. It's been San Diego, Austin, and Boulder. Yes. So Jocelyn, you probably remember because it was like yeah. the pros would come to Austin in the winter months to train. And then they would go back to Boulder in the summer months. So we had like the, the Lovatos that were training there, Brandon and Amy Marsh yes. to live there. Um, I mean, there's, there's been a bunch that have come and gone. Um, but now I live in Bend half the year and again, another pro Mecca. So it's so for me, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, to show up at the same pool and I see, you know, Eric and Paula and Lindsay and Heather, you know, when they were doing their thing, just like at their you jobs. guys are on a first name basis. You're just like, yeah, it's no, cool. <laughs> no, I'm on a first name basis with them. They, they don't know who, you know, they would <laughs> me if I smacked him in the face, but but yeah, like w- my husband and I were driving across country this week to to make our summer trek, and we have a camper van like you, Khadijah, and uh, we're transporting our 15 year old cat with us. But we like I had Chattanooga streaming from start to finish, wow. and it was just exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah, like I geeked out about it, and it made it made you know five hours in the van go by so quickly, um, and uh, I loved it, and I thought. Um, Matt Lieto and Didi did a, did a, good uh, job. a fantastic job with their commentary. I mean, it's hard to keep hard to comment. the sport exciting for five hours. Well, I remember being an age grouper because um, I think, Carrie, I've done tries probably about the same time I started in 2000. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I remember like growing up in California, there was Escape from Alcatraz, mm-hmm. there was Wildflower, and I do remember getting... Becky Gibbs Laval's oh, autograph yeah. at Wildflower. Yeah. And um, I was in the Golden Gate Tri Club, which volunteered at Escape from Alcatraz. So we would, we would go to the volunteer party and get to hang out with Chris McCormack. And it was, yeah, as an age grouper, I loved seeing the pros at the races. And the other thing is like, I mean, Escape from Alcatraz, like why was it on TV for 20 years? because of the pros right and so that's why like everyone knows what it is because it was always on tv here um so i think you know that's my like i think pros also bring like this whole other element this media coverage it it pays off escape from alcatraz is actually really sad now they only have like six pros it's like the super exclusive that's stupid it's dumb why do they They limit it like that because they are going for this vip exclusive vibe now it's also like a fifteen hundred dollar whatever they up the fee a ton like it's very expensive that's how much it costs now well if you want the vip it's 750 so they like really limited it which i actually think is really problematic right because then you don't get the same the same coverage you don't get the same vibe it used to have some local pros and some olympians like i remember when sarah true did it the year i also raced it as a pro right and she was like finishing when i was not finishing (laughs) (laughs) i know how it feels it's okay it's gonna be okay Um, welcome to carrie and khadijah's world yeah (laughs) yeah but so i know carrie we're also putting on this like kona trication camp i don't know what to call it this year so that you get to see the pros racing and do your own thing yeah yeah i mean and kelly you and sarah gross are very much behind the scenes right now with Iron Man, hopefully cooking up some really exclusive stuff. But as as feisty media, we want to capitalize on this historic year for women's racing. 
because who knows how long this will last, but this is the first ever women's only professional race on the big Island. And I think that that's special as a, as a triathlon fan. So feisty is putting on what we're calling a trication. And so it's half vacation, half tri camp. And it's, uh, the dates are October 9th through the 15th. So it is the week leading into the Kona race and our trication will culminate Mm -hmm. with those who want to, of this pack of, you know, we're limiting this camp to 20 and we already have uh, a fair amount of, of women signed up, but, uh, for those that want to participate, we're going to have some volunteer opportunities for us, you know, the race day. Cause again, I think it's exciting, not just to spectate, to be a part of the action, whether it's body marking in the morning, uh, whether it's, um, you know, being a bike catcher or whatever, whatever it is we want to, we want to be a part of that. And so the way we're mapping out that week is part of the morning will be the training. And, and this isn't to go like putting training in quotes, because that always works well in audio. Oh, that's right. Yes. (laughs) And I produce this podcast. So you think I know a thing or two about what works with audio and what doesn't, but yeah, quotation marks training, which means we will be biking on the queen cake. We will be running on the energy lab. We will be doing swims from the pier, like all of those epic things that we always hear about. We will be doing those things in an organized way but it won't be very competitive. And for people that choose not to, we'll have other options. So if we want uh, to go do yoga, or if you want to go snorkeling, we're going to have snorkeling options. We're going to have some on the ground local support from Lynn Maddox, who uh, is, uh, you know, a fun try. Yeah. 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 And she's, she's helping us to put together fund her try is her organization. And Lynn's been great. So she's sort of helping pull together some local resources for us to make the training experience the week of as magical as it can be. Mm -hmm. And then the afternoons, let's say if you're coming with your partner or your husband or your kids or your whole family, like the afternoons are kind of like up to you, you know, you can still make it a family vacation, but then at night we'll have uh, feisty happy hours with some of the pros we'll have, uh, and, and Kelly, I know this is what I, sort I think of we're going to do our Sarah. live podcast recordings and we're going to do some events. Those are also in the works. I like how you said it culminates in the race. And I would like to point out it culminates in the after party. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I stand accurate. corrected. <laughs> I stand corrected. Yes. But <laughs> you're like, if they're racing, how happy are they trying to get well, and ideally most of the women that are coming to the trication probably aren't racing. Okay. You know, this is really a chance to experience. Yeah. We're calling it your backstage pass to the big Island. It's like ultimate fangirl experience. Yes. Thank you. It's like, it's like going backstage to Taylor Swift, right? I say like- somebody, somebody who's a listener and I'm going to, and I forget who it was because I, uh, you know, Kona's a long week caught Chelsea Sodaro and was like carrying her through this media and like reaches out to me. It's like, Hey Kelly, in the middle of like all these cameras. <laughs> so she got to be like right there in that. And it was kind of like, Whoa, nice. <laughs> that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. And so two things before, you know, I don't want to forget to mention one is on June 6th, because we've had a few questions that are, you know, as far as itinerary and lodging, things like that on June 6th, we're going to have a live Q and a session, you know, just like a logistics question and answer period with myself. I'll be one of the people leading the camp as well as Catherine Taylor, who also works at Feisty. And then we have a whole Feisty media crew that's going. So you, Kelly, Sarah, 
Ella, Ellen. So there's six or six or seven of us that are going to be on the ground. So June 6th, Q&A for all of this information, uh, including to sign up for the June 6th Q&A, uh, just go to feistytriathlon.com forward slash trication. And of course that's try spelled with an I. So feistytriathlon.com forward slash trication. And we have some spots left, but we really like, we really want to shore this up because our next phase of this is to start connecting everybody. So if people do want to coordinate rental cars, if they do want to coordinate lodging, like if they're coming by themselves, um, that's sort of the next phase of this. Yeah. Is that really coming up? We've like you said, we've been planning a lot behind the scenes and you're like, Oh, it's May, but no, it's actually like very, we're, we are in the heart of the season now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be so by fast. Fun. It's yeah, going so by really fast. Yeah. I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. And with the heart the race. Season, yeah, I know. There's like so much racing now. And, uh, and so after this break, we're going to have Sid talks, recap the racing, and then we'll talk about kind of what stood out to us. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Hey, feisty friends. You know how Oprah Winfrey has her favorite things? Well, consider this Sarah True's favorite things, the energy food department. So Bonkrakers, awesome company. They deliver real food, sports nutrition with amazing nostalgic flavors. They have energy bars, energy chews and protein bars. My favorite in each category. Favorite things. PB&J. Rainbow Blast. And cookies and cream. Now, you are welcome to disagree with me, but you will absolutely agree that they deliver some of the best energy products on the markets. You will not be disappointed. Feisty listeners can get 20% off on one-time purchases and subscriptions by going to bonkbreaker.com and using the code FEISTY. That's 20% off at bonkbreaker.com with the code FEISTY.
Sid Talks coming to you from Brazil. I was going to say a welcome in Brazilian or try my Spanish and then I realised that actually it's Portuguese that is the language in Brazil, so was failing at everything there. Uh, another weekend of cracking racing. One thing I realised after catching up with the weekend's results was that half-distance racing at the moment is lit. The start lists are stacked, they're deep, the standard is high. In fact, the standard is getting higher and higher. The women are raising the bar, the men of course too. Um, there's been so many races over the past few weeks all over the world and it's almost like racing overload and too many but when you look at the start list you see big names and tight racing across the board and it's just awesome and we used to think that you couldn't really race back to back to back and now athletes are racing two or three top level races so it's super exciting for the sport and for the athletes so let's see more of it uh challenge championships great win for indy lee i think that was a big favorite for a lot of people she's been knocking on the door in her last few races showing what she's capable of capable of so it was great to see her take the win at this big race um and also trying to find out if she did it on a fixie as i heard a rumor that she only had one gear for the whole bike ride um caroline Paul was second and sarah perez sala in third but again sound like some real great racing between the top contenders at that event for the men matisse magria apologies butchered that name Finally turned a string of second places into a win with Aaron Royal in second and Frederick Funk in third. Again, full on racing from the start at fast pace. More dominant performances by Emma Pallant-Brown. Again, winning 70.3 A uh, pays to A. Dax, is it? Um, over Tamara Dewitt and Amelie Morer. Also to mention Emma Pallett-Brown vocally talking about periods and racing on Instagram. I applaud you, Emma, for a great response to one male's, I don't even know if you, what, you, what you even call it. Anyway, his remarks on a post on social media. Check it out on the Female Athlete Project Instagram. It was very good, Emma. Um, on the men's side, Dylan Mannion won over Bart Arnotes and Bradley Weiss. 70.3 Krakow. That's not how you spell it. Um, it's a German race, not a Polish race. Saw Laura Phillip defend her title over Lucy Charles Barkley, who made a last minute decision to return back to Europe to race, having originally pulled out with visa issues, uh, blame Brexit. Um, and Ellie Salthouse was in third. And the men saw the first year pro Rico Bogan take his first win. Pretty impressive ahead, especially ahead of Patrick Langer and Andre Salvisberg. Ironman Lanzarote, Lydia Dunn defended her title. Arthur Horso um, t- taking perhaps an unexpected win on the men's side. And then over in the US, we had a cracking start list lined up for Chattanooga 70.3 and saw a dominant display from Paula Findlay taking the win over Danielle Lewis, who's had a fantastic few weeks of races with Jeannie Metzler in third. And as Jackie Herring pointed out, um, who finished six, it was a field of mothers. Sarah True, back racing, balancing motherhood and studying to finish fourth. MBK doing what she loves and just racing, a mother of two. Robin Pomeray, who finished 13th. Um, she's a new mum of twins, apparently. And Sarah Bishop finished 14th. She's a mum of four girls. I applaud you all. A fantastic weekend of racing. Roll on the next. So like, I know, I know we were all racing, so we didn't watch all the racing, but like Sid mentioned, women's 70.3 racing is super crazy right now. I mean, do you guys feel like, what do you feel like is the most competitive right now? Olympic, 70.3, full. 70.3, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Everyone's so fast now. Yeah. Especially, especially with like the PTO races and everything, they're going away from that that full Ironman distance and I think it's the sweet spot where you bring in the people who are racing you know the Olympic distance and preparing for the Olympics and those who are trying to you know get a little speed for 
um, you know, the Konas and all that other type of, to me, it's the most exciting it racing is, yeah. as well, because you can, it's, it's long enough where it's, it's, it's an endurance effort, but you can really race it. There's not pay. There's not, there's no pacing involved. I mean, even me as an age grouper, I'm not pacing the swim in the, I'm pacing the run for sure, but <laughs> the swim in the bike, I'm just, I'm, I'm going full, I'm chasing people. So I can imagine for somebody who's that super fit, they're, they're going at it the whole time. Yeah. I think the women's 70.3 is super competitive. Um, especially because of all that money to be made right now. So mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And you can recover quickly and race again. You know, I, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's incredible how many races back-to-back races, these, these men and women are putting together it's it and being at top form, but like Jocelyn and Kelly, I, I would be curious to get your opinions on because I feel like professional racing is just different now. It feels different. So are you witnessing that? Do you feel like it's different? And if so, how as, as two professionals, two retired, right. two like, retired I professionals. Like, I, yeah. like, I do not want anybody who saw me walking back to my hotel this weekend to think that I am a professional athlete still. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely different. I mean, so I, uh, I, like you said, you started in 2000. I started in 2008. Seven as an amateur six, six. yeah 2000 like when did I graduate whatever 2006 <laughs> and uh and then I quit for a while after college and when I came back I was like everyone got fast so fast so fast yeah I specialized in the Ironman distance so I exclusively did Ironman distance because my coach thought I didn't have the speed for 70.3 which was I raced like 2009 to 2011 and it's only gotten faster so it just seems like the people that do that distance now are just people that were doing short course and Mm -hmm. moved up and are insanely insanely fast yeah Mm -hmm. it got really intense somebody said to me um I was doing they were like oh so you're just like I don't know I came in like mid whatever middle of my like couple down my age and they were like oh so you're just doing this for fun now and I was like I tried my hardest. (laughs) (laughs) It got fast. So Uh, I wouldn't say fun. Yeah. Yeah. I do think the short course racing is also super interesting. I think, um, you know, like a lot of the Olympic athletes, they get kind of the short shrift because like, we don't really race Olympic distance, Olympic style racing, or like we don't, cause you can't really, unless you are like in that pipeline. And so we don't appreciate how hard it is, but I watch, especially the men's, uh, not what used to be called ITU racing and they're in that giant pack and I'm just like oh my god that's so it's so stressful it seems very stressful I did bike racing in college it is pretty stressful it's very stressful I mean you always but- think who's gonna crash me out and then you still gotta run your butt off mm-hmm yeah. You can't lose touch. You can't lose touch. Yeah. I think it's more stressful with age groupers than it is yeah. with elite yeah. athletes oh, because of their because lack of I, skills. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like I'm I'm a I'm a cyclist at heart. So if I see you acting a little wonky, yeah, I'm getting out of that situation. I think a lot of people they see these elite athletes racing that crit style racing, and they think they can just oh we're gonna draft. No, there's more to it. Please don't. You're gonna kill us all. sorry yeah yeah that would be me 
the Olympic racing has also gotten super crazy. I mean, what is it? You have to run like a 32 off the bike as a woman now to be like winning. And that's a, that's a solid time without the swim in the bike. Yeah. If I could run a 32 minute 10 K, I would pretty much just like retire from all sports happy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and didn't, uh, in Sid's recap, didn't she say something like India Lee, did she crash out twice? Oh, Tamara Jewett crashed out twice. Tamara Jewett. A 113 half marathon, which is insane. And then India Lee won the challenge championship with only one gear on her bike, which is like, there's just like, it's just all these women are doing right. And, um, and like you're like the race, uh, Chattanooga, I think there was like 63 seconds between second place and like fifth place. Like, it's just, it's so close together that you can't, you can't mess up anymore. Yeah. You have to, you have to do the proper transitions, flying mounts, flying dismounts. It's yeah. Or you're not gonna, you're not gonna win. It's so yeah. impressive. The depth of the women now yeah. it's cool. Yeah. And I love what Sarah true said earlier too, when, you know, a, she and Jackie Herring were just sort of back there going, yeah, it's a mom's day out. Let's have some fun. But it took her a while to get her legs on the run. And what I love is that she actually found, found them and, oh, it was like seconds away from a podium spot, but she didn't quit. Like she didn't, right. She didn't just phone it in for the sake of, you know, a, a finish, um, which I thought was really admirable. But I do think it's I could just imagine this conversation with she and Jackie Herring there in the back going, oh, oh, well, at least <laughs> at least my kid's not crying right now. Or maybe they are. And I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is something else Sid said in her recap about Emma Pallant Brown's Instagram post, which I've seen kind of go viral now. Um so there's a picture basically of Emma from the Ibiza race, the PTO Ibiza race, which was really hot. So she raised in a swimsuit and she got her period during the race. And so it's a picture of her just running. But if you really, really like zoom in if and you look at her crotch, <laughs> which. And so some guy commented like, this isn't like, wow, you should have cropped this picture. And Emma basically has reposted it being like, look, like I raised in a swimsuit because it's hot. I got my period because I got my period. Um, there's nothing like there's nothing this isn't shameful. Yeah. I'm super proud of her for having a period and talking about it because so many people for so long thought it was normal. If you get super fast or super fit to skip your period and that's not normal. It's actually healthier to have your period regularly. So I love that she's bringing it up and talking Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. I just want to know where his mind was at, where he felt it was okay to see. I, I have zero filter. It could have gone. The whole conversation could go. What? What? It, I don't know what possessed him to think that it was okay to even point that out. Wh- where is your mind at? I couldn't even tell. I know. I. I like. It took me reading her response to figure out what we were talking about. I was like. I was like, why would you crop the picture? What is yeah, that? that's I was the same way. I was like, crop and what? Ass. <laughs> I mean, you have to really look, right? Really? Like you have to look. Yeah. And even when I did really look, I was like, what? Does she have camel toe? Yeah. yeah is like, he looking yeah. so closely? I was like, crotch. there's no wardrobe malfunction going on here. What what is this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And listen, if 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 it was a photo of a male pro and he had an erection or a boner, that thick that thing would be all over social media with like 
bro brag, you know, and like, look this, check this out. And that a, um, it's a thing that happens to guys when they're racing. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. They're like, do we need we to like know. investigate this now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But you know, like, if, if she was controlling the post, like if, right. if this was coming from her social media and she was controlling the narrative of the post, maybe she wouldn't have posted that, or maybe she would have chosen to crop it. Who knows? But like, the fact that it the it got posted and somebody made a comment, I'm like you, Jocelyn, like I applaud her for going, yeah, it happens. And guess what? Like it's healthy that it happens. It's a right. natural body function. So in all fairness, there was this time Andy Potts like shit himself in Iron Man and those pictures were not super attractive either. So <laughs> that is probably, also a natural body function. <laughs> much less attractive, <laughs> much less attractive. We need a... a a male listener to call in and tell us about like if they have if this is an issue if they have incriminating evidence or and age groupers always brag when they can finally pee on the bike so hey I cannot I did not pee on the bike at all like I do not understand people do it but I can pee on the run I can pee while running which my husband says is impossible like he can't figure that out so yeah I can't pee on the run wow that defies you have to just embrace and let it go. <laughs> I've only beat on the bike one time and it took a lot of concentration yeah. and looking around and make sure no one was around me. Never buy a wetsuit or a saddle from me ever. Okay. Noted. Just trying to let you know. <laughs> then don't sell them, Khadijah. <laughs> Well, I'm like you. I'm curious now. I want to know people's like normal bodily function stories from their races. And so we do have a a new way to leave us voicemail messages. Mm -hmm. uh, so that the, the address and it's in the show notes too, but it's speakpipe.com forward slash if we were writing. Uh, so again, speakpipe.com forward slash if we were writing, leave us a voicemail. Tell us about the time you shit yourself. I think, you know what? I mean, we'll pick and choose because I don't think I need a whole show of like <laughs> shitting stories. Like, <laughs> all right, here's my last thing from this weekend, though. So, the guy who won Iron Man Lanzarote, who is like, um, God, I'm gonna lose his name, it's Arthur something because the, the favorite kind of blew up. Uh, so he was late to the award ceremony because he was on an Ironman shuttle from the hotel, I guess. And it got stuck in traffic and they gave his spot away. Cause you know, if you're late to the awards, they rolled it down. And so when he got there 20 minutes late, they said, Nope, it already went to somebody else. <laughs> Too bad. So sad. Do you think they should? I think, I think they'll find him a spot. I think they'll because it's there. But it was the Ironman shuttle. Yeah. yeah. They have to find this man a spot. Wait, so this was a spot to Nice? Oh, yeah, not Kona, sorry. Men's Kona, Men's France. Kona. Right. Men's Kona, France, yeah. Men's Kona, yeah. France. <laughs> they, man, that would that would only be the right thing to do. I mean, Iron Man, particularly on the men's side of things, it feels like they need to have some good PR. So this would be... Not only the right thing to do, but probably a good PR move. I thought they were having trouble giving away say, spots. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't <laughs> think there's a lack of spots available. <laughs> and nobody that. wants to win on a technicality anyway. I mean, yeah. I'm, 
Yeah, I've gotten podiums because people have gotten like DQ'd or a penalty. It doesn't feel good to me anyway. I just, I don't know. I actually had happened to my, when, do you remember when Tahoe, Ironman Tahoe, and they had a Tahoe 70.3 and there was really, really bad traffic because of whatever. And we were like 10 minutes late and that happened to my husband in his 70.3 spot. They found a spot. And then we were like, cause they had, there was a 70.3 and a full, so they hadn't started the Kona. And we were like, you need to delay the Kona. Do you know what's going to happen if people are late because of this traffic and miss their Kona spot? Riots, riots. I just remember him standing at the Iron Man booth and going, do you know your customers? (laughs) (laughs) What I remember, (laughs) I think it it was last summer uh, on, if we were riding with Sarah, when Sarah and Sarah were talking, and I think Sarah True had won Eagle Man. Mm -hmm. And she had to leave right away because she was catching a flight. So she couldn't go to the awards because she had to catch a flight to get back to her infant son. And um, they gave her world championship slot away. And it's like, really? They're like, even as a top professional, you still have to be present. And, and yet even like, and yet during COVID, they were making all kinds of exceptions. Clearly clearly we can email everyone a week later that worked just fine during, uh, during the peak of the pandemic. It was, yeah. So Mm, mm, it's just mm, like mm. rules for the sake of having rules. No, it's more exciting when everybody's there and yelling, you're more likely to be like, here, take my money. Here's my credit card. (laughs) (laughs) I I do remember when you had to show up with a checkbook. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 All right. So since Sarah is not here, Carrie was charged with coming up with our closing out question of the episode. Wow. And that this was big because big shoes. it's hard to yeah, it's hard to be in Sarah True's shadow. But I, I actually have two. And, and I thought maybe this episode would help me decide. But I, I'm going to go ahead and throw both of them out and I'll let you answer either one. So the first is we were recording on this is Thursday, May 24th, and we just learned that Tina Turner passed away today, which is, which I mean, she was 83 years old, but like, what a legend. All right. Like what a, what an amazing rock star. So my question, my random question was going to be, what's your favorite Tina Turner song? So that's Simply question number one. Simply the best. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that's hard to, that's hard to beat. My second question, and this is in the spirit of Sarah True, is once again, several months ago, she had a little segment and I was hoping it would last, but it didn't. And it was called Don't Yuck My Yum. And and it was where like, if you love something so much and then somebody sort of like puts that down Mm. and whether it's your favorite food, like I think she talked about like her mom's macaroni salad or something. I can't remember, but like people were like, ew, disgusting. And and she was like, yuck, don't. Don't yuck my yum. Well, I was going to turn that one around and go, what's your don't yum my yuck? So for instance, mine, I hate mushrooms. Hmm. Like I, I freaking hate mushrooms and I hate it when people say, oh, you won't taste it. You know, like, oh, I just like there, there, I just put a little bit in there or whatever. And I'm just like, I, I, I freaking hate mushrooms so much. Like, why don't you understand that? So that was my don't yum my yuck. Raisins, raisins Raisins. in baked goods, and especially raisins in cookies that you think are chocolate chips, and you realize they're raisins. That's the worst. See, you added a trick to it. You can't trick (laughs) people into not. (laughs) I love it. And my favorite Teeter Turner song, 
I mean, simply the best, of course, but like, we don't need another hero um, is classic as well. Mine's what's love got to do with it. Oh, yeah. That's that's so my attitude. Like, yo, (laughs) (laughs) you better be good to me. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Khadijah, do you have a don't yum my yuck? I don't know. A lot of people are going to hate me. I can't. I hate the smell of beer. Beer. I absolutely yeah. hate it. I I just the smell just, but I know every all and they have yeah. it at all the Ironman races and yeah. yeah. And even though I don't drink, I don't mind like certain like uh, cognacs and wines. I mm. I like the smell, but I just do not like the smell of beer at all. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. We don't hate you. No. <laughs> yeah. Just don't make me eat those freaking raisins. Yeah. You're right. Or trick me into thinking they're chocolate chips. Don't pretend it's a chocolate chip cookie when it's really oatmeal raisin. Oh, my list of things I hate is long, (laughs) shockingly. (laughs) I'm just going to fade out on Kelly. Right. You're like, I don't like like Red Bull. I don't like sour cream. (laughs) What about Sour Patch Kids? Sour Patch Kids are stupid. Oh. I don't like- <laughs> Do you like mangoes? I love all yeah, things mangoes. mango. But mangoes are impossible to eat. That's no one. In, no one in the world knows how to cut a mango. My mom does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ask anybody from the Caribbean. We will. We will take care of you. I'm like always sitting here, like whacking it. <laughs> it like- <laughs> My mom had like a whole crate of mangoes. She yeah. keeps trying to feed me. <laughs> so. All right. Well, next week, uh, Sarah will be back. We're just going to have rotating guests every week. Who knows? And uh, and this has been our third episode of If We Were Riding, our new group ride. Thanks for listening and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. And like Carrie said, you can send us a voicemail. You can also send us a non-gross voicemail at the same address. <laughs> Speakpipe.com forward slash if we were riding. My town, my crown, we know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.